Hey, good morning. It's Saturday, out and about with Elaine. Tom Rafferty filling in. Well, is everybody getting ready for election season? Candidates out and about everywhere. And you know what they want? We all know what they want. They want your votes. We'll devote today's program on the political forum. That's right. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Let's take the gloves off and welcome in. You know what that means. There are races everywhere on the state and county side. No local races, though. Welcome in. It's Saturday, October 8th. I'm sitting in for Elaine LaRoche this morning. She is taking a uh, day away. She'll be back next week. And congratulations to all the candidates who are at least taking a stand, putting their name and message out there, and wanting to do good among society. Hey, it's nice to be here. A little bit rainy outside. My goodness, the drive from Middleborough this morning, very wet. Highways are slick, so slow down. If you're out there on the highways or secondary roads, still some light rain out there. Meteorologist Jim Corbin says, worry not, the rain will not last. We're at about 52 degrees here in the city at the AM 1320 Weather Center, showing 52 degrees and slowly getting light out there as we speak. Welcome in. Nice to be here. Haven't done a Saturday in quite some time. I think we have a good show for you today. Richard Lunt will uh, be here as an in-studio guest, our political observer and correspondent, Richard has a long history of being involved in politics and reporting politics. He was the news director here um, for many years back in the 90s, and he'll be here talking about some of the races. And then at 8 o'clock, uh, we will have a chance to speak with and question Attleboro Mayor Paul Hero for about 20 minutes, half hour or so to talk about his candidacy to become the Bristol County Sheriff and possibly unseat the longtime incumbent sheriff, Thomas Hodgson. Interesting, I had, uh, you know, I was doing my daily work last evening and uh, driving uh, to and fro in different medical areas all around the Commonwealth, and I tuned in to my favorite AM station besides this one, uh, and lo and behold, uh, on the evening program last night, candidate Mayor Paul Hero for uh, County, uh, Bristol County Sheriff uh, was deep in the midst of an interview with Dan Ray. I'm sure a lot of you might have heard that, but it was very interesting to listen uh, to what our mayor has to say about the future of the office of the Bristol County Sheriff and his modern approach to what he believes uh, is going to be, uh, you know, a, 
a better day for the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. So we'll be talking with him at 8 o'clock. At, uh, also at 7.45, I believe I got a note from Elaine that said we will be getting a call from our market manager here in Attleboro, the Attleboro Farmers Market, Sabrina McGuire, who's done such a great job with her board of directors and volunteers. The market will be open today from 9 to 1, and I believe uh, Sabrina, uh, who calls in each week on Elaine's program, will call in for a few minutes to talk about uh, what's happening today. And I know that they're doing some kind of uh, pumpkin type uh, competition today. Let me see if I I have that. Here it is. The Attleboro Farmers Market is offering free pumpkin painting this weekend. The spectacular pumpkin painting party is scheduled during regular market hours from 9 to 1. That's today. And, of course, it's going to be at the usual spot. The O'Connell Field in Capron Park. Parking is available in the park as well as in the Attleboro High School parking lot on Bushy Street. For more up-to-date information about market events, you can tune in to WARA because uh, Sabrina McGuire will be calling in around 745 and she will tell us all of the great, great activities, all of the vendors that will be there, um, and give us a complete list of what's going on at the market. I love the Attleboro Farmer's Market. We've been there at least three times this year. Love the corn and the tomatoes and all the uh, fresh produce that the uh, farmers bring. Absolutely terrific. It is nine after the hour of seven o'clock. Slowly getting light out there. Streets are drying out. I think the rain has pretty much subsided, but it was coming down pretty hard uh, in the last hour. Uh, driving from down close to the Cape in the Middleborough area. So if you're out there and it's still raining in different spots, just slow down, take it easy. And here we have our meteorologist, Jim Corbin. Tom, look at the phone lines, my friend. Jeez, our esteemed meteorologist is on the phone lines. This guy has stuff to do today. Jim, how are you this morning? Oh, what happened to him? (laughs) Well, if you're listening, Jim, that was my fault. I didn't see the phone line. So just give us a quick call back. Uh, Today, we're looking at a high temperature only in the mid to late 50s, it looks like. And uh, we're looking to uh, have some sunny skies, that's for sure. I hope Jim calls back. There he is. There he is. Let's go to the phone lines. Good morning, meteorologist Jim Corbin. Sorry for the delay. How are you? Oh, no problem. Pretty good. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm just expounding upon a different things, and I have to well, remember. You a lot going on there. I know. I know. <laughs> you got a lot going on, and uh, hopefully everything's going to go well this morning. And you know, you were talking about a little bit of rain. Mm-hmm. This is just the, the cool front coming through, and this is uh, moving out very quickly. And what we're going to have is increasing sunshine over the next hour or two, and we're going to have puffy clouds and a cool but nice refreshing autumn day it's going to reach just the upper 50s it's as you mentioned right around upper 40s and lower 50s right now it's only going to go up about 10 degrees at most uh from what it is right now so quite a bit bit different temperature from yesterday which 
in some places reached the upper 70s. Most of us have got about 75, 76. Well, today uh, we may flirt with 58 this afternoon. So nice and invigorating. Uh, so, again, any any damp ground right now should dry out within the next hour or two. So that's the good news. Mm-hmm. And it's going to become clear and cool tonight. And we're going to fall down, Tom, how about this, to the upper 30s in many areas by morning. Now, there could be a touch of light frost, but more likely in the more rural locations well to the north and west. So if you have tender plants that you still get growing out there and you want to keep them alive, you know, to be on the safe side, you want to bring them in probably if, if they're in a pot. But uh, most areas now, are, most things are not worrisome this time of year. It's more the spring that we worry about the uh, planting. Now, tomorrow, beautiful day, sunshine a west wind reaching the low 60s, so we start out cold in the morning, cold for this time of the year, and then we make a nice moderation. It should be okay for uh, the Patriots game yesterday, uh, tomorrow afternoon, I should say, obviously, 1 o'clock, about 61 degrees at game time. And then as we go into Monday, looking more of the same, sun and clouds, as high pressure remains in control, a weak upper-level feature swings through, so maybe a little more in the way of clouds and sun, but staying dry, high in the low 60s, and then low to mid-60s, generally much of uh, the middle of next week. Doesn't look like our next chance of any widespread rain, Tom. As I mentioned yesterday morning with you, not until about Thursday night or Friday of next week. So uh, this quick shower activity in the area, don't worry, it's only going to last uh, within the next hour. It'll be out of here. And, in fact, the sun will be out very soon. And we don't have any rain of consequence until Thursday night or Friday of next week. So if you have plans outdoors, you do things outdoors, you don't want to deal with rain, I think we have a good stretch of weather coming up. Mm-hmm. And I always feel better when I carry 50- and 60-pound boxes of blood into Lowell General Hospital when it's sunshine. I always feel better. I don't like doing it in the rain, but... (laughs) Yeah, but, well, when it is heavily precipitating, do you have to have them covered as you're taking them Um, inside? No, because they're very, very heavily insulated. They're taped uh, securely, and there is no chance for any leakage. And I'm only... From my car to the front door of most hospitals or emergency rooms, it's about a 25-second ride. They always let me get up pretty close because they know. Who is it? You, I remember you telling me a few years ago with Mass General, uh, you guess on your, you, not you personally, but right. they can be kinds of pains in the you-know-what. They right? can be. I, Boston, I, yeah, typical I, Boston stuff. Mm-hmm. I park on Blossom Street. I'm sure you know where Blossom Street oh, is, yeah. the back yep. end of the hospital there. And they only have a certain limited amount of meters. So I will, there's a lot of condos and apartment buildings across the street. What I do is, and I shouldn't say this because of our, you know, we got people in Boston listening. <laughs> of course. Um, Online too. Online. Yeah. And, and I park on some of those side streets. I act like I'm a condo owner and I, you know, I put my emergency lights on, but I haven't been bothered in a while. But what I do is, in case there are police around, and there's a lot of police up around that area, I will park two or three blocks away and find a meter and put uh, 75 cents to a dollar. They only give you like seven minutes. 75 cents for like two yeah, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You get about uh, 25 cents, you get seven minutes. 50 cents, you get 14 and uh, but I'm I'm very careful because I have gotten yep. a ticket in the past one time up there, and you know what? You don't want to spend eighty dollars for a parking ticket. No, you don't. Now, does the company reimburse you if you get a ticket? Um, they have in the past. Uh, they don't like to do that. They're always, you know, uh, let's well, let's take Tom to, to parking places, school. 
part of their deal. You're the one that's in the middle of all this sure. on the roads, right? right. So they should pay you. Yes. They should pay you. If you it's not mm-hmm. like you're being reckless. Yeah. By the way, Tom, I want to mention uh, full moon, the full Hunter Moon official tomorrow. We, we will sit this evening. So, again, don't fret. If you look out the window right now and you say, ah, is it raining or... Gee, the ground looks wet. Did it rain? Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's only la- it only lasted about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's the cold front coming through, uh, and that's why we're going to be cool this weekend, but nice and refreshing. So a reminder, we'll have that big full moon tonight and tomorrow night. Of course, mm-hmm. a reminder, the holiday for, for many, not all, but many on mm-hmm. Monday, Columbus Day this year uh, is on the 10th. And so it's a little early, so therefore uh, this foliage, we talked about this as well, Tom, yesterday morning, mm-hmm. is peaking in the next few weeks, but it's, there's less of it because many of the leaves did fall off mm-hmm. during the drought. Not many, but, but uh, about 10% of them. Uh, so it's, there's the foliage, there'll be nice color, but there'll be just less of it because there'll be bare spots on some of the trees around the area. By mm-hmm. the way, we do have a new tropical storm, Julia. Uh, this one in the Western Caribbean, similar, although a little further south than where Ian was, the good news for the United States, this thing is going to go into Mexico. Not that we're wishing anything on our good friends down there in Honduras and Nicaragua, but that's where they're going to get hit, uh, Nicaragua, and uh, eventually that's going to go into mainland Mexico. Might try to reemerge in the southern Gulf of Mexico later next week. That's when we'll have to mm-hmm. uh, be a little concerned if that were to redevelop and turn north and northeast, but that has low, low chances right now. So uh, Julia is the name, J-U-L-I-A. Mm-hmm. And the next on the list would be Carl with a K. Okay. I hope Julia is mild-mannered. I, I had a good friend of mine in upstate New York eons ago that I worked with. Her name was Julia. She was so nice. So I figure Julia is probably going to be one. a mild-mannered uh, tropical will, storm. It, uh, uh, she will be, if you, that's what you want to call them, he and she. Ian was, of course, a man. Yes. Although these days you don't know anymore if Ian is a woman too so mm. but anyway and Julia could be a man too but anyway Julia 90 mile an hour winds is what it's going to go into Nicaragua uh. on Honduras so not 145 like uh, Ian did so yeah it's bad enough a baby monster as I like to call them but mm-hmm. other than that uh, Tom we really have no worries in our weather it's going to be a little chilly tomorrow morning but a nice rise in temperature in the afternoon so if you like October which I love the best weather mm-hmm. of the year you're going to love this weekend, and even on Columbus Day Monday, the weather looks great. Yeah. Next chance of rain, not until Thursday night. And, Tom, I'm heading out on the roads just like you in just a few Yeah, and make sure those uh, those kids are safe. And uh, you have a marvelous track record of uh, teaching those kids and doing the lessons, and then on they go to their test. And, uh, you know, Diane still credits you a lot uh, with you know, she was one of the only people in Brockton that day to pass her test, and she remembered everything. Yeah. And we went over there and practiced, and she said, Jim took me on this road. Jim took me here, and, you know, don't tell me. I know what Jim told me to do, so, you know, just, uh, you know, pick a lane, Tom, and be quiet, you know. Yeah, she still even teaches you a few things over the years. Oh, for God's so sakes. We can't even start with that, but... Um, I will be on Monday, Jim, so if you're around, okay. you know, if you can provide a forecast on my phone or give a call in wherever you just are. Like I did yes, just like I did yesterday morning, Tom, and uh, yes, uh, I'll talk to you on Monday morning. Okay, terrific. Thank you so Enjoy much. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Saturday, Sunday again. Don't worry, anyone looking out, oh, the ground's wet, don't worry about it. The front is coming through. We're going to see the sun very shortly. Terrific. And I'll talk to you on Monday. All right. Thank you. And there goes meteorologist... Jim Corbin with a look at our weather. So we're not going to see high temperatures today, but the 
Rain is pretty much moving out of the area as we speak. And no, no noticeable precipitation at all. No rain till at least Thursday, he says. That's good news. 52. We're going to be right back. Tom Rafferty filling in for Elaine LaRoche. Richard Lunt, our political observer, should be here around 7.30. And uh, the Honorable Mayor Paul Harrow will be with us. I wonder if any candidate would ever use this song by Alice Cooper as their sounding theme or their mantra to carry it on and uh, move right into their chosen political office. All right, we're back. Great to be here on this Saturday morning. It's going to be a spectacular day. I haven't seen a lot of uh, autumn foliage, real, real vibrant colors out there, but uh, meteorologist Jim Corbin speaking, uh, and I'm sure he'll talk more about it on Monday. Um, the colors are going to be, be coming soon. I think probably the, that week of the you know, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, you're going to start. And, and I think because we're going to see so much sunshine, uh, until Thursday, you're going to see uh, that transference into the uh, brilliance of the colors. Being from upstate New York originally, autumn was always our favorite season. Oh, goodness. We had so many country areas where you could just see spectacular, spectacular colors. Love autumn. Absolutely love autumn. Dread winter. But it's a necessary evil, right? You know, you got to have the, the change of seasons. 24 after the hour of 7 o'clock on AM 1320, WARA. My name is uh, Tom Rafferty. I'm sitting in for um, Elaine, who is taking a day away today. And she will return next Saturday, October 15th. Sabrina McGuire is... Uh, Scheduled to give us a call at about 7.45 in, uh, in about, uh, about 21 minutes or so. A lot of interesting races going on. Of course, uh, more and more interest will be uh, falling on this uh, new, uh, well, it's not new, but it's, it's an interesting race because Incumbent Sheriff Thomas Hodgson usually, for the most part, doesn't even have an opponent. This is the first time in uh, a few years he's had a, a real viable challenger for the uh, sheriff position. Now, will there be debates? That's one thing I'd like to ask the mayor. Um, a press release from Mayor Paul Harrow's campaign for sheriff claimed Incumbent Tom Hodgson had declined invitations to debate the mayor, and that set off a storm of controversy. And, of course, the sender later backed off from the claim, and Haro said it could have been worded better. Haro said in an email that Hodgson declined forums because of the NAACP and the League of Women Voters. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. There's still, what is this, October 8th? It's a, a good month, a good four and a half weeks or so. So uh, I think we should all start paying attention more and more 
uh, to these races. How about the governor's race? We have uh, on the Democratic side, Maura Healey. She gained 86% of the vote uh, in the primary a few weeks ago. She defeated... uh, uh, Democrat Sonia Chang Diaz, 86% to 14%. That was pretty much a no-brainer. So Maura Healy will go against Jeff Deal, who is a Republican. He is, uh, well, he's described as a Trump-style uh, Republican. I've interviewed Jeff a few times. I think Jeff is a decent man. I think he's a good family man, uh, he represented Whitman in the state government. He's run for uh, Senate and lost uh, here in the Bay State. Uh, but he's a good man. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, wondering uh, how he's going to go up against uh, the heavily favored Maureen, uh, Maura Healy. Maura has been in the Attleboro area before. Uh, she's been at some of the Democratic caucuses. She's made quite a reputation for herself as the uh, attorney general. And uh, so we may see, we might see a female governor coming up as uh, the Republican, the moderate Republican, Charlie Baker, has chosen not to seek re-election. So we'd love to hear from you. The number is 508-222-1320. If you have anything else you'd like to chat about, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Mayor Haro last Tuesday, uh, introduced an ordinance into the city hall where it got a lot of support, no opposition, and that is about the... Uh, making it a law banning the sale of cats, dogs, guinea pigs, parrots, that kind of thing, uh, in pet shops. And there's a lot of reasons why. So uh, you might have some thoughts about that. There's something else I wanted to bring up as well. Uh, we have certainly a, a still a major, major, major problem nationally with so many. I'm not saying it's a problem with uh, people coming into the uh, country. It's a problem if it's if it's done illegally, if they're, you know, uh, coming in uh, unbeknownst to immigration officials, and certainly that happens. Um, but the problem is that a lot of some of these people who want to seek freedom and opportunity and, and, and find employment and uh, get away from the oppression that they face in their own countries uh, are not, at this point, not getting driver's licenses. So uh, there's been a big debate about should illegals who may or may not have a green card or who may may not be on the books legally, should we issue driver's licenses so that they can go out and seek employment? You know, I, I, I think that 
if they show responsibility and they show uh, a pattern that they, you know, uh, would be responsible and, and, and follow the law and be respectful, I think, why not? You know, if they're going to use the licensees for the betterment of themselves and for their families. So that's my thoughts. We're expecting uh, Richard Lunt, our political observer, to be here at, uh, well, somewhere right around this time. I will be on Monday, by the way, here on AM 1320. It is the holiday, October 10th. It's Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. So many people look back on Columbus's... uh, his historic uh, discoveries of the Americas and how he sailed the ships. And they look back and say, oh, he, you know, although he has Italian heritage, uh, he was not a good person. He mistreated people. He was a lawbreaker. There's a whole litany. There's been books written now about Christopher Columbus and his uh, grievous offenses, his law-breaking, and, you know, just being an awful, awful person, and they didn't want Christopher Columbus to be representative uh, or have his name attached to a holiday, so they're kind of politically correcting it into Indigenous People's Day. So we'll be here on Monday from 6 to 9 in the morning. So far, I have one guest And I think that guest will actually be here today, either on the phone lines, with Dave Kane. Dave will be in studio today from 9 to noon, and I think he has Walter Thibodeau on. Now, whether Walter will be in studio or whether he will be on the phone lines, I'm not sure. But Walter also uh, has consented to do an encore guest appearance with me on Monday, so we'll work out the details on that. 28 minutes before the hour of 8 o'clock. Good morning. This is hour number one. If you'd like to give us a call, it's 508-222-1320. Talk about anything you'd like to talk about, the elections. Who else is running? Um, I believe that... uh, one uh, our uh, state senator, Becca Rausch, has an opponent this time, too, if I was reading correctly. Let me take a look and see. Um, yes, here it is. Uh, Brandon Roche of Mansfield, who lost to incumbent Representative Jay Barrows, The uh, Republican from Mansfield two years ago will get another shot at the seat after his win over political newcomer Peter Lally of Mansfield in Tuesday's Democratic primary. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, Becca Rausch, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, will seek re-election as well. I've met her. She's great. She's energetic very articulate. She has a great staff in her office and has gone out and uh, introduced legislation at Beacon Hill time after time after time. 
regarding current issues like the, uh, the pandemic and fair and equal housing. She is really, really good. But I, I'm not sure if she is uh, unopposed or not. I'll have to call her office and see. So, um, for listeners, are you more into seeing live debates? Is that how you make up your mind? How do you come to a conclusion as to who you're going to vote for, whatever the race? Uh, Paul Feeney, the Democrat from Foxborough, he also, very popular Democrat in the Commonwealth here, done a lot of work. Uh, he's uh, an ally to a lot of uh, folks here in Attleboro. You see him here in Attleboro quite a bit with different causes. He's been on the radio show many times. Um, Paul, I th- I'm not sure if he has a, a uh, I don't, I, I, he might have a opponent. I believe he might. But anyway, 25 before the hour of 8 o'clock. We're going to take a short break and we will return. All right, we're back with you. 21 before the hour of 8 o'clock, 53 degrees. Meteorologist Jim Corbin saying we're not going to get much higher than about 58 or 59 today. It's going to be cool. So if you love autumn weather and you're really into the coolness of the fall season, well, it's, it's, it's pretty much here, and it's going to be here. But However, he, he does say that uh, Monday through about late Wednesday night into Thursday a little bit, we should have some really sunny conditions. Temperatures probably 60-ish, 65 or so maybe hitting 70 on some of those days. And I will be here Monday. I just gave a call to uh, our political observer, Richard Lunt, and uh, wasn't able to reach him. So I don't know whether he forgot that he was supposed to be here, but that's okay. As, as Elaine always says, the show must go on. But anyway, so he might be here. The door is open, Richard, if you are listening. Um, what's open and closed on Monday? Well, Columbus Day, commonly referred to as Indigenous Peoples Day, is Monday. Uh, while Massachusetts does not formally call it Indigenous Peoples Day, at least 20 communities in the state do, as well as most colleges and universities and some YMCAs, including Attleboro. Some public schools celebrate both, and a move to change the name federally is now before Congress. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I bet you meteorologist Jim Corbin might have some comments about that as well. Um, On Monday, stores and restaurants will be open, but all municipal, city, county, state, federal offices, along with schools and libraries, will be closed, as will courts and most banks. No postal delivery on Monday, regular weekday schedule, Gatra will not have any service at all. Okay. Oh, there he is. Mr. Paul Hero, our, our mayor, will, uh, will be joining us at 8 o'clock with a phone call. And uh, 
we will talk to him about the the candidates race. I didn't think you forgot. So, but anyway, it's uh, 19 before the hour of 8 o'clock here on AM 1320. WARA, our political observer and longtime news director here at the radio station, uh, Mr. Richard Lunt, has joined us in studio. Was that, I, was that the limousine that I saw that just pretty much dropped you off? Limousine. Yes. I love it. I love limousine. Yeah. Um, now, Elaine has limo service. You have limo, have limo service. service. And I have limo service. Let's see. <laughs> Get right here. Let's see. I think you're... Uh, oh, good morning, Tom. How are you? you are. Good. Was um, that yeah, I had limo service, but I also uh, was vacationing uh, for three days over at uh, really? Goat Island over in uh, Down Newport. in Newport? Newport, Rhode Island, yeah. I was at a really? uh, HR conference. Yeah. Wow. Now, Goat Island, you can kind of walk out onto those piers and all those shops are there. Is Goat Island way out in the water? Maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah, well, so there, there's a bridge that connects the mainland of Newport mm-hmm. to yep. Goat Island. So it's right. like, it's a, like a mini, it's a marina, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, it's I've great. Seen it. Yeah. It's, but can you, are there, I know there's hotels there, down there's, the street there. But, but there, there's walking paths, too, that you can go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And you can walk down the, mm-hmm. you know, the whole island and check did it out. Did you stay there for the whole three days? I did, yeah. Wow. I, well, I I stayed uh, Wednesday night and Thursday night, and I came home uh, yesterday, like yesterday afternoon. But yeah. and there was this cruise ship that there was like really? Princess Cruise Lines. They were docked right off the island, and nice. they were shuttling in passengers. Uh, well, that's good. Who, I hope they were happy visit. with no illnesses, and you, you know the plight of the cruise industry over the last few. Yeah, years. Yeah, and where's Captain Stubing when you need him? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was that show was so great long before the problems. You know, when when the pandemic started, that's when some of those cruise lines everybody was starting to get sick and and also the conferences too. There was there was uh, in Boston at, at one mm-hmm. of the hotels. There was a major uh, biotech conference where people got sick, and mm-hmm. that that's when they said you know started to think that right. oh maybe something's going on here. Yeah, and I have uh, driven to the Black Falcon Pier many times. I am amazed at how big those cruise ships are that come into that port. Oh, those are huge, oh, yeah. My. How the heck do they even... They're floating hotels when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. How they get out Many of that Many floating cities. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, and Have they, you ever done a cruise? No, I haven't, but that maybe that that's something on my list that I, I want to do sometime is Me take too. a cruise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Diane wants to too. I, I know the Bermuda cruise is quite popular. Yeah. As a limo driver for many years, I I picked up so many people. It's always more fun to pick them up after the cruise. Oh because yeah, because they're so happy. They've had such a great time, uh, and that's all they talk about in the cars going back to their homes. Oh my gosh, it was so great, and the food and this and yeah, that's what I hear. The food for you know people that I know have taken cruises. You know sure. the food and mm-hmm. the entertainment. And- yeah. Getting to the uh, the uh, record at hand, I don't know whether you listened, but I was listening to WBZ last night. Yeah, I I, I heard that. Um, yeah, the uh, mayor was on. Mayor is on. Yeah, with with Dan Ray. Yep, yeah. and. 
Thomas Hodgson was on the night before. Previous night, correct. Yeah, and yeah. Paul was on, I think, the 9 to 10 hour or something. Mm-hmm. And he, the whole hour. And, uh, you know, they went over a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, but it was interesting. I made some notes. But let me uh, throw the floor to you as a political observer and somebody who knows a lot of the inner workings of the Probably the Republican Party, I would say. Yeah, uh, Republican Party. And uh, as a matter of fact, um, Monday I, I attended a mm-hmm. fundraiser for Sheriff Hodgson, mm-hmm. and that was in North Alabro. Uh, Betty and Kevin Poirier hosted oh, yeah. it. And uh, it was very well attended. A he lot was of, there? Um, Betty and Kevin Poirier. And, and Jay Delisio was Jay there. Jay Delisio was yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of folks. Uh, so that was at their home, the Poirier's? No, uh, it was at a, a restaurant in downtown North Alabro. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. Did he make some remarks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he made some remarks and uh, why he's running again, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the things that he wants to accomplish in his uh, next term. And Tell he, us. Tell he, us and a he talked about, about He talked about his um, uh, programs as far as uh, getting people, uh, getting the people under his care, um, you know, job ready and all that, you know, giving them the mm-hmm. skills to... Um, do well in life and all of mm-hmm. that. Um, sure. He talked about uh, the recidivism rates and how they've gone down under his administration. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's contrary to some of the stuff I've been reading and contrary to what, the, you know, I heard in the interview last night. So we'll, I'm sure we'll sort it all out as the weeks go on. Yeah. I had mentioned to uh, Mayor Haro that you were going to be, ask some questions, mm-hmm. and I told him, that you are very professional yep. and very neutral on things, but I did tell him you are a Hudson supporter, and he's like, "Bring it on, bring it, on, <laughs> bring it on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy uh, the political debate, and you know, mm-hmm. but also it's uh, their time to shine, the candidates' time to shine, sure. and we're doing, uh, you know, we're talking with Paul, and it's uh, his time to shine too, and mm-hmm. why he wants to run for sheriff. Sure. Know? Yeah, and what he can bring to the table, and mm-hmm. and the listeners need to to know that and, yeah. and be informed and make a um, the appropriate appropriate decision for for them. What they they think, uh, you know, the voters think who should be in office, uh, who should be the next sheriff. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, Hodgson's been sheriff since what nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, I want to say ninety uh, twenty five years. Wow. Yeah, long yeah. time. And there's long been sometimes when he doesn't have an opponent. Yeah. Wow. But he's that popular. He's, he's got a huge mm-hmm. fan base between, well, not a fan base, but a political base where both Republicans and Dem- Democrats um, There's some other races, too. There are. Um, the gubernatorial, gubernatorial race. Gubernatorial race, of course. Maura yeah. Healy and Jeff and to- to- total And uh, total opposites as far as those two candidates are. I mean, mm-hmm. liberal left, um, Maura Healy, and then... Uh, a righty, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Deal. So I mean, a right, right of right, almost. You mm-hmm. know, Jeff Deal. We're going to take a, a quick detour. Okay. Over to the Attleboro Farmers Market. Okay, we have sure. Sabrina McGuire is on the phone. Sabrina, good morning. How are you today? Oh, she left us. I hope she will call back. I don't know what's the matter with the phone lines. Wow. I saw, I saw, I saw something blinking. And yeah. Then, yeah. I was going to bring her on, so. I hope she calls back. Yeah. Because we want to find out. This is like there's two more 
markets after today. Today's the 8th or the 15th and the 22nd. The 22nd or the yes. 23rd? Yes. Yeah, 23rd, because right. that, that's a Saturday. Okay. I, you know what? Well, the I 22nd, that's call right. her yeah. back. Let me see if I can find her number. Uh, let's see. Oops. Yeah, but beautiful, beautiful. There it is. Newport. That, that, that. I will call her back and tell her, Sabrina, call. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Do some more political observing there, uh, Mr. Lunt. uh, So our our, um, team of experts, my expert opinion on the, uh, on the uh, gubernatorial race, I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be very uh, interesting to hear the debates. I mean, that's the key is Mm -hmm. where both candidates stand on the issues. Um, Will there be debates with uh, I Mr. certainly Perot hope. and Hodgson? Well, I, I've heard there, there was uh, Hi, debates. Yeah. Yeah. This is and, uh, and then, uh, you know, and w- with the, the, the gubernatorial race, uh, I think uh, this is, um, you get two polar opposites. Um, um, you know, Maura Healy, who's, uh, like I said, she's mainly uh, left of left, and then and and you have um, Jeff Deal, who is uh, right of right. So there's no, mm-hmm. I mean, there's lack of a middle ground. So yes, the 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 uh, the dilemma here is the unenrolled or the independents. I mm-hmm. mean, the independent conservatives are they going to vote for Deal, even though he was a Trump supporter? Mm-hmm. And and Trump, you know, Trump's negativity has. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. in in some states, Trump is uh, really, mm-hmm. I mean, really popular. And they say, oh yes, yes, we, okay. They they vote for him and they vote for the Trump candidate. But here, I don't mm-hmm. in Massachusetts because it's a blue state. You know, I don't think that could happen. We have Sabrina McGuire on the line. We oh. will continue those remarks in a little bit. Sabrina, good morning, market manager for the Attleboro Farmers Market. What is new and exciting today at the Attleboro Farmers Market? Oh, good morning. Um, thank you for having me on. I um, am excited because today we're doing some fall fun, and we have free pumpkin painting for the kids um, while supplies last. So as long as we have pumpkins, um, uh, the kids can come down and paint, paint a pumpkin leave it with us, go shopping with their mom and dad, and then um, come back and pick it up on the way out. Oh, terrific. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really, really fun last year when we did it, and so I'm excited to do something again for the kids mm-hmm. while they're there. And Do they bring um, their own pumpkin, or do you have the pumpkins there? No, we, uh, we, have, a, we have actually have 150 pumpkins supplied by oh, um, wow. Cook Valley Farm, which is one of mm-hmm. our... Um, farms, they are the um, premier farm at our market that accepts SNAP and HIP, um, which are the two food assistance programs in Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. um, you can use those benefits at Cook Valley Farm. They're right out of Rentham. Um, they have awesome, awesome, awesome uh, fresh produce. And so definitely when you're at the market, stop by to see Cook Valley Farm. Okay. And Wow. They've supplied our pumpkins for us. So, mm-hmm. And um, they'll yeah, have all the exciting. painting supplies and all of that there for the kids. We do. We have all sorts of fun things. I think there's stickers and paint and glitter and all the fun things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrific. That sounds like a lot of fun. The kids love that. Yes, for sure. Uh, we do have music today by Mike Doyle. He's a friend of the market, uh, and he does a lot of shows in, in the Taunton area. 
um, at different local venues. Um, and he's really, really great. So a lot of great original music, and then he does a lot of covers. So definitely um, hang out. It's a nice day. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a little chilly, but it's definitely going to be um, sunny, and it's going to warm up in a little bit. So check out the music. Mm-hmm. While we have food trucks. Um, of course, the Burgundian mac and cheese and um, the townies frozen dr- treats. They'll be there as well today mm-hmm. for food trucks. And then all of our favorites. We have um, Cane's Salsa. We have Belici's Best Biscotti. Um, excuse me. I'm fighting through a cold, the end of a cold, so I'm struggling with my words. But we have uh, Jammed with Love, Jack's Seafood. She's a new vendor, and she's been at the market only one time. So this is her second appearance. Um, so definitely check her out. Support her local business. Mm-hmm. Um, we love having seafood. We've had a ton of um uh, request for it, so we hope that um, she does really well. Mm-hmm. Cook, uh, Katie's Cookies, Langwater Farm will be there, made by love, made it with love by Shauna. She is actually one of our favorite artisans, and she makes really, really great earrings out of really creative pieces, and she's missed a couple of markets this year, so we're happy to have her back um, and excited, and I know she has a huge fan base, so um, mm-hmm. everybody's excited when she's there. Does anybody uh, ever tell you, Sabrina, that your voice is very, very similar to Heather Perica's? Pretty close when she's on the phone line. <laughs> mm, yeah, I noticed I, that, I have, too. <laughs> I've actually not heard that, and that's really funny because you're saying that on a day that I have a cold, so I'm, I thought it was that, but... <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. My co-host Richard Lund is here. He's a frequent visitor to the market. He has a question for you. Hey, Sabrina, um, go good ahead. morning. Um, who, who, who's the guy that sells the uh, marinara sauce? I think it's like Foss Farms. I've been to his, it is. his table. Foss. Yeah. Yes. Is he going to um, be there today? Actually, he is going to be there today. I'm actually looking to buy a whole case because it's getting towards the end of the season and I won't have any for the winter. So um, that is on my list of things to get today. Yeah, sure. me, me too, because I, 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 I've, I've run out because, you know, I, I, I make it a point to stop and, and buy, buy some of his marinara sauce. It goes great with spaghetti and ziti and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. My favorite uh, the, is the, the best peanut. The best of the best. Yes, the peanut butter lady, the one that has the natural peanut butter. Who is that again? Uh, so Santa B Superfoods. Um, yes. Jen is our friend from there and she and she is known as the peanut butter lady she Mm -hmm. is um the reason i started coming to the market or continued coming back to the market was the very first time that i came and she told me about how awesome her product was you could tell her her love and her passion for what she does and Mm -hmm. what she makes and she let me try all of them my kids (laughs) tried them we just we spent probably a good 40 minutes with her mm-hmm. and I took the stuff home and I said, I can't live without it. So now we're going to go back. We're going to yes. get more. And, mm-hmm. um, that's years ago, uh, years and years and years ago. And, and, um, I think she's been with the market now seven years. Mm-hmm. So three years ago I started with the market and, um, yeah, I, it, it wouldn't be the same without her. So, yeah. I mean, we mm-hmm. love, love her stuff. And the, yeah. We, yeah. uh, we interviewed her over here. She's a delightful lady. She actually brought some peanut butter with her. She gave me a whole jar. 
I have practically put Jen into retirement with my purchases over there. She loves to see me. You know, she usually, okay, Tom, I've got your nine jars here, you know, but don't do this to me again because I got to close up early. (laughs) It's so funny that you're, you are probably one of at least a dozen that come and see her and stock Mm -hmm. up the way you do. Yeah. It's, It's great to see, um, support for her. Hey, Sabrina, another question here, but um, fall being um, cranberry season, do you have any uh, uh, vendors that sell cranberries there? We don't. That's a really great question. Um, I have, we have not been able to get anybody here that does cranberries, but I would love to look into that for the future. Definitely there's tons of farms um, towards the coast, into the Cape, um, that do it, but we don't have any vendors that come from that area that do that. Um, most of our farms are Eastern Mass or Rhode Island. So, um, but I would definitely love to look into that for next year for sure. Yeah, no, Whether it's pla- an all season farm or it's just this time of year, but yeah, I just planted the seed then, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I love it. I sure. love ideas. I love the feedback. I love to hear what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe even a, a like a deal with Ocean Spray or something where they come in like uh, during the fall and promote uh, some of their uh, products or something. You know, and that would yeah, be yeah. I don't know cool. what kind of pop up they might do um, at markets. Um, whether it would be through Ocean State or Ocean Fresh. Sorry, no Ocean, We've Ocean got, Spray. We've got yeah. about a minute left, Sabrina. <laughs> about a minute left. What else can you tell us about today's market? Um, come down, get the best of your best. Is that we have three markets left today and two more. Uh, next week we have a ton of events, so definitely check the Facebook page for all the special events that are going on next week. And the last day, October 22nd, um, we're also doing a fun costume contest with the, uh, with pets, puppies or dogs, or canines. We love our pets at the market, so dress them up, bring them down. We're going to do a contest, um, and check the Facebook page and website for more information on that as well. Super, and the kids can decorate the pumpkins. I'm, I'm, I'm a little older than a kid, but could I decorate a pumpkin? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Sounds great. <laughs> we got plenty. Okay. That is uh, Sabrina McGuire, the market manager, doing a terrific job. We'll see you over there. I have asked for you several times. Every time I go there, it's like, sorry, she's not available today. <laughs> but, oh, oh, no, that's I'm not true. I'm always on the field, just I'm never, only, never I'm, I'm standing joking. still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for a few minutes with you, Sabrina, and continued success to you. Thank you. Take care. Okay. There you go. Richard. Wow. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Pump, you know, decorating pumpkins. Have you ever done pumpkin carving? I have. I have, too. I yeah. have butchered many a pumpkin. <laughs> so have I. But <laughs> it's really it, it's not a pretty sight. Fun, fun time of the year, you know, oh, yeah. decorating the yard with pumpkins. You put your hand pumpkins. in there and grab all that. Ugh, oh, yeah, but, but you can use that for, like, pumpkin pie. You or, can. Or you can and pumpkin bread. And the seeds are very seeds. healthy. You yeah. can dry them out. Yeah. It is about 8 o'clock. Uh, you're listening to WARA Attleboro, Providence. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be chatting with uh, Mayor Paul Haro about mm-hmm. the election, but we'll take a break. Until then, Richard, what are we listening to? We're listening to WARA 1320 
here in Attleboro. And who is our political correspondent today? Richard Lunt. Right here on AM 1320, WARA. Okay. Since we have uh, Mayor Haro on the line, let's go right to him. Good morning, Mayor. How are you? Morning, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing great, sir. Thank you for giving us some time uh, this morning. And in studio with me is our political observer, Richard Lunt. Richard, I'm sure you've met the mayor before. Oh, we have. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. How are you? Morning, Richard. Um, let's start with Richard. He has some questions for you, and then I'll follow up with a few questions. And if, if anything is asked or said that, you know, is not, you know, is, if, if you have something you want to bring up, please do so. Okay, Mayor Haro? Sounds good. Okay. Okay, so, um, Mr. Mayor, I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, this is like a, like an HR question, like uh, everybody says, uh, tell me about yourself. So why are you... Why do you want to run for mayor? I mean, this is your time to shine. Tell us about why you want to run for mayor and why you want the job. I mean, sheriff, I'm sorry. Um, Running for sheriff and why why you want the job of sheriff. Well, it's an opportunity to do good in a system that needs new leadership. Um, I felt compelled to run for this race because the incumbent's been there for a long time. Uh, he's a controversial figure, and it's you know, the you know there's things that are not being done in the jail system that you know can and should be done. Uh, so you know it was it was it's time. You know it, it, he basically you know the incumbent has uh, you know he's a subject of a lot of lawsuits. Uh, we have the highest rate of suicide in the state, you know, with uh, his jail system, you know, the programs. He's got no idea what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, there's not enough programming going on. So it's just and I also believe that somebody shouldn't be in that executive capacity for that long. If it's, it's, a, it's a public office, um, you know, I I committed to doing two, maybe three terms as mayor and then I'll move on. And just like with that, with sheriff, I'll do, you know, one or maybe two terms, and then I'll move on. So I'm not going to be sheriff for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's uh, definitely a fair, and and yeah, that that's great. Uh, so tell me about uh, your plan to and say if uh, you know if you're elected or when you're elected. Say what is you what is your plan for the first 100 days um, under your tenure? What what do you hope to accomplish? Mm-hmm. So. Much like what happened with the first 100 days when I was mayor, um, you don't go in with guns blazing and, you know, start just changing everything. Um, you know, there's, you, know, you have to learn about, you know, who the people are. Um, you know, you have to, like, you know, meet your staff and, you know, ask questions, uh, understand why things are the way they are and then you know like in, oh, then you once you have a good grasp of that then we can start making changes um i could use a lot of parallels with uh, my time as mayor you know i went in uh you know with a certain like uh, agenda you know things that i campaigned on and those were the things that i could change right away you know but then there's other things that you have to you know learn and uh, uh, so and i i've worked in jail you know, I've worked in prison. 
Um, you know, my opponent likes to say I don't have any law enforcement experience. That's fine. He didn't have any corrections experience. Um, I, I think that corrections is different than law enforcement. Uh, they're both criminal justice, but they're, they're different. So, um, you know, basically, I'd like to, you know, first establish what the standards are, you know, with the staff and then, you know, move forward with implementing the agenda uh, that I've campaigned on because that's a mandate for change by the, from the people. But at the same time, you're also, like I said, you're, you're learning about why things are the way they are um, because usually there's a reason for everything. And, you know, so sometimes I might not like the reason, so we have to change it. Um, but, you know, that that's basically what the first 100 days might look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that uh, I've heard you can't, you know, can't, one of your campaign uh, agenda or your campaign things that are going out, um, it's uh, suicide rates. And how, how do you plan to attack uh, the fact that how you want to bring those rates down as far as suicide rates in the jail system? Okay, that's a really good question. And, you know, the Bristol County Jail has the highest suicide rate in the state out of all the jail systems. One report showed that in the, you know over a several year period of time, you know, Bristol County accounted for 25% of the suicides in jail. And the incumbent, his response is a very pathetic, well, people in Bristol County just have a higher rate of suicide than other places in the state. And I, I just think that's absurd. So there's basically two different ways we can approach suicides. Number one is review the policies and procedures around people with uh, SMI, serious mental illness, and you know when they are exhibiting any type of suicidal ideation. So we have to make sure that what we're doing, um, you know, is is adequate. And clearly, it is not adequate. I mean, if it were adequate, we wouldn't have the highest rate of suicides. So that's that's number one, policies and procedures. But then there's also the bigger issue: changing the culture and what our mission is. Suicide is largely caused by people who um, are experiencing hopelessness. And it's not that people want to die. It's not that they want to kill themselves. That's typically not the reason for uh, suicide. It has a a feeling of hopelessness. Things are not going to get better. And when we have a system, as we do right now, where people go out, and then they come back in. They go out and they come back in. And this, you know, they really don't have any sense of hope that they're going to get better. You know, their life isn't going to, you know, get turned around. That's why we really need to focus on rehabilitation and uh, even for respect to a suicide, more importantly, discharge planning, getting people back on their feet. Um, so that is housing, health care, and a job, showing people that they have a sense of hope that they can turn their life around. We, we call it a department of correction at the state level or in the county, a house of correction. You know, so that's what we're supposed to be doing is correcting the trajectory of their life. And so this isn't, you know, my, my opponent likes to fear monger and say, oh, it's just, Paul's going to just let everybody out or it's going to be a country club. And, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about setting people up with uh, outside resources before they are released in a way that's going to give them a sense of hope. So that way that that hopelessness uh, subsides and the despair goes away and then they, you know, will basically have a lot better chance. And so and what I'm talking about doing, you know, it's not revolutionary. I mean, this is just these are best practices that are done at jails all over the country. It's just not really prioritized here.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a lead into my other question is like what type of programs to like get people back on as far as job training and, and programs like that or even uh, you know, people who under the in, in the jail system that want to pursue their bachelor's degree in, in, a, in a field and, and want to get ready and job ready and job skills and how do you go on to approach that? Well, first we have to make sure that the um, risk needs assessment is being done with, you know, at admission, at time of admission. So that's everybody who comes in. And I believe it probably is. I would, I would be shocked if it weren't being uh, administered. But we offer a risk needs assessment and find out what the risks of, of reoffending are and then what the needs to reduce those uh, risks. So once we have that assessment, and it's a standardized test, there's different type of variations of it, LSIR, COMPASS, you know, two of the most common ones, um, so once we do that, then we start programming within the jail. And that is, you know, looks at does the person need anger management or drug treatment or do they need uh, a GED training, what we now call high set, uh, you know, whatever. So the risk, the, the assessment will determine what the risks and needs are, and then we can program around that. But then for everybody, we also focus on discharge planning, like I said, housing, health care, and a job. And that's working with community organizations who want to uh, work with inmates while they're locked up and then focus on those three pillars, uh, you know, the housing, health care, and a job. In, that way, when somebody is released, they know exactly where they're going to go. It might be back to a family. It might be to a friend, mm-hmm. or it might be to some type of shelter. Oh, sure. But, you know, yeah. 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 So, so that's... You know, that's the important thing is that they know where they're going to go to sleep that night. And then the next day when they wake up, they know who they're going to, to to see, to go visit with, you know, to get a job or to get skills training. And then also who do they call to help get uh, health care so they can get their mental health or substance abuse or whatever it is that they might need. So, you know, that it's that continuity of care that we have to really be focused on. You know, the incumbent, his attitude is, you know, nobody's tougher on crime, you know, and if you don't like it, don't come back. Um, That that doesn't, that's not an effective strategy to reduce reoffending for people who have substance abuse or mental health issues. Um, It's just, it's political jargon. It's just rhetoric. Um, It's not really a strategy. Uh, So, you know, I I reject that sort of kind of tough guy attitude. It's it's just politics. Um, I'm offering a real plan. And my opponent says he's doing things I'm doing. I've talked to people who work there and people who have come out of there. It's not being done to any serious degree, if at all. You know, so it's definitely room. There's definitely room for improvement. Mayor uh, Haro, um, I want to ask you, what is the longest term that somebody can be housed in the Br- Bristol County Jail? I imagine there are no life people there because it's not a prison. It's a jail. And based on how long they stay, are there programs, are there things that they can do within the jail that to help them with their self-esteem, help them with their daily living, you know, working conditions, or are they just behind bars sitting there reading books all day? What, what's your uh, opinion about that? Well, I've, I, you know, there, there was something to be said about the books. And how, you know, I, I believe that the library was shut down at one point. Um, 
you know, it was, you know, so that's not even something that was encouraged as I understand it, you know, but then again, in fairness, you know, I hear stories, they may or may not always be true. Um, but the, to answer your question though, we recently had somebody released from the jail who was there for four years and that was, you know, somebody who was awaiting trial. Typically you go to jail for a misdemeanor and you go to prison for a felony. There are some variations on that, but you also go to jail when you're awaiting trial, when you're pretrial. So but typically it's two and a half years or less, but you can end up serving a little bit longer though. But the, the sheriff has no control over how long somebody stays in the jail or, um, you know, when they arrive or when they leave, you know, that that's determined by the courts. You know, the, the sheriff, the sheriff can make a recommendation, uh, talk about good time or earn time, you know, um, like good earn time. And, you know, that that's that's all possible. A sheriff can make a recommendation that we keep somebody longer based on, uh, you know, behaviors while the person is locked up. But the actual length of stay is determined by the court. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayor Harrow, um let's talk about uh, the debate situation. Um, are, are you and uh, the, the sheriff going to be debating? I've, I've heard uh, numerous um, scenarios where, you know, Channel 10 and then um, another station in Fall River. And then are you guys going to debate three times? Or what does that look like as far as uh, debating the, the debate schedule? Okay, so first I'll just openly admit that I botched my own press release. Um, and let me explain how I botched it. The, the sheriff, you know, Hodgson, he had um, declined to participate in an NAAC, NAACP uh, forum. He declined to de- participate in it was, it was a debate, you know, and he declined to participate in a League of Women Voters debate. And then he withdrew from the Jack Spillane, what's called the chat. It was another forum. I, you know, anybody who would be watching would look at it as a debate, although they brand it differently. Mm-hmm. So when he withdrew from that uh, third venue, you know, and he, he declined the first two, then withdrew from the third. That's when I issued my press release. And I basically in the press release, the opening sentence said Hodgson refuses to debate. And that's where I botched it. He wasn't refusing to debate at all you know, invitations. It was just select ones. But then in the text of my press release, we went on to talk about how, um, you know, he, he was, you know, avoiding these three. And so, and that, so I, I did, I, I, I really, I botched the opening sentence. I didn't draft it, you know, but I did approve it and I didn't catch that. And it just, you know, it didn't occur to me that it was going to be taken that way. So I, I botched my own press release um, because he wasn't dodging all debates. It was just those three uh that we were were talking about in the press release so then you know so we we've agreed to do the wpri i wasn't sure if he was going to withdraw from that Mm -hmm. we've also agreed and i mentioned that there was the wpri in the um in the press release we have one on wbsm on the radio and then the, the, the third one though the one that's also now in question and you know the the sheriff uh you know basically very wrongly, you know, I wish he would admit when he makes, I, I admit when I make mistakes, he doesn't admit when he makes mistakes, just like Trump. Um, but he very wrongly said that I was withdrawing from a debate. And that's just not the case. What happened was Channel 10 didn't schedule it properly. They reached out to me about 
uh, offering a certain time, and I said, nope, can't do it. I'm break- I'm already working. I have three meetings that morning. Yeah. And then they offered another time, and I said, actually, that se- second offer was actually a time when Hodgson and I were going to be at WPRI doing our debate there. Okay. And so, I, so kind of I a said, oh, we- scheduling snafu between Channel yeah. 10 and, and you and the sheriff. Yeah. yeah scheduling, exactly. so yeah. That- yeah, so then eventually, you know, so I didn't hear from Channel 10 for a couple of days. So I reached back out and I said, hey, where are you guys with this? And that was, I think, on a Thursday. And then I emailed them again, said, hey, Friday, you know, where are, where are we? Like, we haven't talked about this in several days. And then I think Saturday rolled around. I don't remember if I sent an email on Saturday, but I know I sent one on Sunday and again on Monday. And on Sunday, I finally said to them, I said, hey, look, I'm hearing that you have a debate scheduled that I haven't agreed to the time yet. I said, we're, we're still working on this. And then the, um, you know, the NBC 10 came back and said, oh, it looks like we're not going to be able to do a debate, you know, because we can't agree to the right time. And so then I sent them a whole long list of different times. And even before that, I had sent them um, kind of the, the generals, like the general parameters around when I could. You know, and so, but then I sent this long, long list of different times and I never heard back from them. But then all of a sudden Hodgson saying, oh, Paul's dodging the debate. So I immediately took screenshots of all my conversations with, uh, with Channel 10. And I said, no, 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 no. I am not. I said, I, I've been pursuing this debate. Mm-hmm. Channel 10 dropped the ball on scheduling it properly. And, you know, it, it was, they were ignoring my responses. I'm sorry. They were ignoring my, uh, my reply. My outreach. Yeah. Yeah. Outreach. My reply, I think. Yeah. And I, I, because like I said, on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, I reached out. And on Sunday, I finally said, hey, I'm really concerned. I'm hearing you guys have a debate and we haven't, you know, finalized the time. And so, so, you know, I, I, like I said, I admit that I, I botched my own press release. You know, Hodgson, he never admits he does anything wrong. He just calls everybody a liar. And so, you know, every, he's just, he sounds just like Trump. It's like the same thing. I mean, he's a big supporter of Trump anyway, you know, but it, it, the, the proof is right there. And Channel 10 has not come back and said, that the emails that I released were incorrect or fabricated because they are true. I was actively pursuing this debate with channel 10. We hadn't agreed to the time. And, you know, so, um, you know, so Hodgson, he's just, he's just wrong, you know, and his supporters are, you know, misinformed to be, or I should say in this point, disinformed, you know, they were misinformed when Hodgson didn't know any better, but now he knows better and he Mm -hmm. continues to, you know, disinform people. So shame on him for that. Okay, we're going to take a break, uh, but uh, we'll be back uh, in a few minutes and uh, more with uh, our candidate for sheriff, Mayor Paul Harrow. We'll be right back. And we are back on this Saturday, October 8th, 2022. Tom Rafferty filling in for Elaine today. And on the phone lines, we have uh, the Honorable Mayor Paul Harrow seeking election to the sheriff position against incumbent Tom Hodgson. And to my left, we have our political observer, Richard, Runt, uh, Richard Lunt. Richard has another question for you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor, uh, Mayor Harrow. Um, thank you for being with us, of course, and it's great to have you with, with us this morning. So my next question, uh, talk. I, I, wa- I want to talk about the... Uh, the facilities and and, and uh, the jail, and um, you know, there's one jail. I think it's like the Ash Street Jail, if I if I 
not mistaken, and and that's uh, old. So, what do you, what are your plans to renovate that, or even even build a new facility in that area? Yeah. So, um, Ash Street Jail has inmates in it right now, and if we, this, this, I think one of the issues, kind of the backstory to the question you're asking, Richard, is that um, you know, are we going to close it? And a lot of um, my supporters want Ash Street Jail closed, and I have not promised to close Ash Street Jail. I uh, basically, I don't want to take the inmates that are there and then move them to Dartmouth, where then that could cause a worse overcrowding situation. So, you know, the according to DCAM, Division of Capital Asset Management, and the state DOC, the, um, you know, Dartmouth is currently overcrowded. Now, you know, that's based on the design capacity of the, the jail itself. But that doesn't mean that the uh, facility uh, space isn't being used in a creative way to make it so that it's not, you know, it doesn't feel like it's overcrowded. So that's something I'd have to look at myself when I get in there. Um, but as far as Ash Street goes, though, the, um, you know, renovating it or building a new one would require the Department of Correction, I'm sorry, I misspoke, the uh, the state to approve the funding for that. Now, as I understand it, there's a moratorium. Um, if it hasn't been passed, it's about to be passed on new, uh, like, correctional facility construction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's something to be said about why that is, you know, possibly wise, because we can't build our way out of, uh, like a, a crime problem you can't just keep there's no jurisdiction no uh you know state no country in the world that has ever built its way out of a crime problem but we're just going to keep locking people up and that'll teach them it doesn't work like that you know so you know the um so there is something to be said about you know the state taking that step in that direction on the flip side i i don't think it's wise to always tie your hands because you have old facilities that might need to be uh, replaced. You know, some of these are decades old. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but that that's, that's is something that the sheriff can't do alone. That would have to be uh, done in conjunction with the state because it's all state property and yeah. it would require state funding. So yeah, you have network with colleagues in the state house and you know the governor and whoever that may be, whether it be Jeff Deal or Maura Healy, and work with them to find out a find out a viable solution. Uh, would that be uh, fair to say? Yeah, that's right. That, that's accurate. So uh, now, as far as camp campaigning, what are you hearing uh, from the constituents as far as uh, um, you know? The sheriff. What are they telling you, and what, what are they, you know, and what have you been hearing as far as uh, when you go door to door and meet people? Yeah, people are ready for change. They think Hodgson's been there too long, and you know, so a lot of Republicans uh, think, no, no, he's doing great. He's, he's wonderful, and everything's, you know. A lot of Democrats say just the opposite. They say he's terrible, he's awful. But as I knock on the unenrolled doors, uh, most of them are that I've visited, they say, yeah, it's time for change. You know, he's, you know, the source of too much controversy. Uh, they just don't like the fact that he's been there that long. Um, you know, so it, people are, uh, they, they don't like the, the, all the lawsuits, which cost them a lot, the cost us, the taxpayers, a lot of money. I mean, he has seven active lawsuits going on right now. And, 
you know, as mayor of Attleboro, I have zero. I don't have any, like, and I'm not being sued for anything, you know, but he has seven of them. So it's, um, you know, there's, you know, basically, uh, you know, that, that's the main thing I'm hearing is people are ready for change. You know, they're, they're just tired of, uh, you know, his, his ways of doing things. And, you know, some people call him a sadist. Uh, you know, some people, you know, they, they don't like, you know, the political talk. I mean, he's, he says he's not a politician. He is the ultimate politician because he, he makes some people think that he's not a politician. You know, that, that's, you know, I think like there's a saying in the Bible that you know one of the, the devil's greatest achievements is to make you think that he doesn't exist. And it's it's that's whatever people are saying. I'm not a politician. I'm a whatever. Let me tell you something. They are a politician, and, and they're actually the worst kind because they're not just admitting what they are. And you know, if you're elected, you're a politician. If you're elected for 25 years plus the several years. Before that, you're a career politician. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he's been elected for over 30 years. I've been elected for less than 10, and he's calling me the career politician. It's bizarro world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and then, uh, you're a politician even if you run for the first time. So an outsider may say he's not a polit- politician, but yes, he is because he's running for political office. So I can, I can, I understand what you're saying. So yeah, that that's good, Mayor. Yeah, Mayor Haro, I have a question. Um, now, Thomas Hudson, over the years, he's received a lot of endorsements. He has, uh, you know, police associations and a lot of folks like that that are endorsing him. Um, you had mentioned you have to find your friends and you have to learn and listen as you grow into that job. Um, and as you're campaigning, who are you finding? Who are your uh, people that endorse you? Are there certain key Democrats? I know a lot of local folks in Attleboro support you, but out in Bristol County, what what are you finding uh, that are favorable to your campaign? Okay, so first of all, I, I never really asked for uh, endorsements. I, I just, it's not what I... I stopped asking for endorsements back in 2014 and every race I've ever been in, I've always been out endorsed by my opponent. Um, you know, in 2017, Kevin Dumas did a mailer that was eight and a half by 11 and the entire one side of the mailer, um, was nothing but endorsements. And, you know, a lot of those people I now work with and work, work really well with it. So, uh, so that's one aspect is that, you know, in, Another thing is that with with law enforcement, uh, people of armed like uh, police, fire, and basically, even though they're union, like ninety percent of those guys are Republican. You know, they just if they just like in Attleboro, that's a problem. The police, I'm sorry, the fire chief has told me that like ninety percent of the fire department is Republican. I mean, our own fire chief is Republican, and you know, it's it's very similar. It's very conservative culture. You know, um, in criminal justice, so some aspects of criminal justice are very conservative. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of these organiz- uh, these different groups are endorsing. You know, the, the sheriff. It's just ideologically they're they're kind of similar on a lot of different things. Um, it, it, it although it, it kind of makes me wonder though, you know, because you know Hodgson is a big Trump supporter, hardcore Trump supporter. You know, it, it's it's you know. Um, and you know the Trump was the reason and responsible for the January six riots, which hurt a lot of police officers. And the, you know Trump 
is also blasting the FBI, you know, for doing their job. And so there's a little bit of dissonance between, you know, uh, Hodgson and his affinity for law enforcement and his, and also on one hand, and on the other hand, his support for Trump, who really does not respect law enforcement. He says he does until they actually have to do their job. And when they do their job and it clashes with him, then he doesn't. So, um, but, you know, endorsements don't win races. Hard work does. I, just look at, you know, what happened in the, the Democratic primary. I was far out endorsed by both of my Democratic opponents. Mm-hmm. I remember had, that. Yeah. 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 They had so many more. Dick Bernier had so many more endorsements than I did. And I just wasn't asking for them. Um, so, like, I got endorsed by Maura Healey recently. I actually, I never, I never asked for it. It just came, you know, she just said, Hey, I'm endorsing you. And that's, that's very kind of her. And I appreciate that. And I, I like what she said in her endorsement. I, I, I agree with her, you know, her words. Um, but yeah, it's endorsements don't win races. Hard work does. Mm-hmm. So, and you talked about uh, your opponent, uh, you know, being a Trump support, Trump supporter, but even before Trump, he, he was very popular. Um, you know, he, you know, even before Trump came on the scene, but, um, Trump just uh, accentuated all all of that uh, negativity, though. Well, yeah, Hodgson. I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say he's very popular. The last time he had a race, he won it with fifty one percent. He barely won, and I, you know that that's what I think is going to happen here. We're, it's going to be a very close race. If I win this, it's not going to be by a landslide like I've done in the past. It, it won't be. It's, it's going to be a very close. He has he started this race with $280,000. I started with $30 on a website. You know, so, you know, I, I basically didn't have anything and, you know, but he started with a lot. However, this is a winnable race. The momentum is certainly with my campaign. I've taken in over 1100 donations this calendar year. That's almost twice as many as he has taken in. And I've outraised him by $20,000. And so more people are donating to my campaign. Um, you know, and I've taken in more money than him, although he does take in bigger donations and he started with a lot of money. So, you know, it's, I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's, you know, very popular. I mean, he's famous. He's certainly famous. A lot of people know who he is, but he is, um, like I say, he's a very controversial figure who just squeaked by, you know, I, I would say someone like George Bush after September 11th, he, his approval rating was, you know, 80%. He, true, he was very, true. Yeah. He was very popular. Charlie Baker, whose approval rating is 70%, very popular. You know, so, but a politician that squeaks by, you know, so if, if I got elected with 51%, I wouldn't start claiming I'm the best, I'm the greatest, I'm popular, and I don't think the incumbent should either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, On the phone lines, we have Mayor Paul Harrell, and we're talking about his candidacy for Bristol County Sheriff. If you have a comment or a question, listeners, this is a talk show. Uh, we have another phone line. You can call in 508-222-1320. Um, I would be remiss, uh, Mayor, to not mention your hour last night on uh, the national talk show from WBZ. I thought you did a, a terrific job last night. What, what did you come away last night with your thoughts, um, hitting probably a very, very large audience. What, what were your thoughts about the interview last night with Dan Ray? Yeah, the, um, I, I don't think I answered the, 
endorsement question as well as I should have. I think I did much better just now with you guys answering that. Um, I like the way Dan Ray would sometimes push back and say, hey, can you, can you go into a little more detail with that? I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, it was a nice conversation. A little bit frustrating. The commercials were many and long. And so, you know, I didn't get to talk as much as I hoped I would have. But it's, mm-hmm. uh, but that's okay. That's just, that's just, that's just life. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice time. It wasn't the first time I'd been on WBZ. I'm actually on them on a regular basis. Um, so, yeah, happy to go back on any time. Um, one, one thing that I heard you say last night, which was surprising, um, well, actually two things. One is that uh, when you, the, the probation program is not under the jurisdiction of the sheriff. And number two, you said that if you're elected, uh, you would not be surprised to see a lot of the employees within the sh- uh, within the jail leave because they support Thomas Hodgson. Isn't that kind of like you know those employees would be shooting themselves in the foot? They would not have their job anymore, and there would be no. nothing they could do about it. No. So here's actually the thing: is that which employees am I talking about? I'm not talking about the correctional officer staff. They are uh, career civil servants. They're professionals. A lot of the new positions that have been created, Hodgson created, uh, you know, and basically these are patronage positions. I mean, the, the Boston Herald uh, did a report you know, a number of years ago that showed that, you know, Hodgson was like number three in the state for patronage positions. And, you know, so these are people who have already retired from other uh, like state organizations or city organizations or they are people who just want to get a boost in their pension. So Hodgson brings them in at a much higher salary, and then uh, you know they donate to him in exchange, and you know it's kind of a symbiotic relationship. But these are like senior management positions where people had already retired, or and that the job has just been created for them. Um, those are the types of positions I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, the two most probably the two most glaring positions that I don't think they're going to stay working for me is uh, the uh, H. I'm sorry, the um, the public relations officer. I run a city with 20 different departments and a budget that's two and a half times bigger than what, you know, uh, Hodgson has. You know, so I, I like, you know, I don't have a public relations officer. I'm it. And so, you know, so that's one. A chief of staff, you know, that's another one. That person is not going to want to continue working for me. And these are two people who are very loyal to Hodgson. He's got like a director of Homeland Security or something like that. You know, that doesn't have anything to do with running a jail. I'm sure Hodgson would say, oh, that's not true and so forth. And so, you know, I've worked in other, you know, facilities and I've worked with other facilities. And, you know, there's a lot of fluff at those top levels, a lot of, you know, there's just a very management top heavy. Um, and I've talked to people that are mid-level managers and, uh, you know, lower just employees, and they've all said the same thing. And people that don't even know each other have, you know, come and said that to me. And, uh, so that's what those are the employees I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, and talk about, Talk a little bit about uh, your experience with the with the Philadelphia jail system and your time as an administrator, or was an administrator or administrative assistant, or uh, in an administrative position and not operations. But how would that uh, translate into the sheriff's uh, job here in Bristol County? 
yeah, so I appreciate you bringing this up because the, the current, show, you know, the incumbent, he is uh, spreading disinformation. I mean, he's he's a liar. I mean, he, li- he lies about stuff all the time. And, you know, calling me an administrative assistant, you know, he knows what I did. I have put on my website my work evaluations from when I was in Philadelphia, and I was not an administrative assistant. I was a chief statistician for the one of the largest jail systems in the country. You know, it was uh, Philadelphia when I was there. It was, I think, about the fifth or maybe sixth largest jail system in the country. It was 9,500 inmates, 100 admissions and releases a day. You know, it was, you know, a budget of, I think it was about $255 million when I was there. You know, lar- and th- this was going back 15 years. So... You know, when he, he so I, I don't, first of all, he disrespects administrative assistants by speaking down and, and, you know, kind of minimizing, say, oh, he's just an administrative assistant. Um, but, you know, in my work evaluations, I mean, it, it says I testified before, uh, you know, the, uh, before federal court on behalf of the analysis I did in, in you know, the jail system. I produced, uh, like, one of the uh, largest recidivism reports that has ever been done in the country. It was, you know, over seven years, 235,000 rows of information. Um, you know, I was you, doing analysis on open wards, you know, which are when we send inmates out to uh, the hospital, uh, use of force analysis, uh, you know, like a sick time, vacation time, or, you know, like use and abuse, and actually not not... Vacation time use, but sick time abuse. Um, you know, so I, I participated in meetings. You know, where the commissioner wanted me present, and he said, "Paul, you know, you know, listen, uh, you know, just to what's going on. Give me your opinion based on what the research shows." So it was sort of like a little uh, nerve center of mm-hmm. you know, the uh, you know the jail system. You know, so we, when he, he he disrespects administrative assistants by kind of minimizing them. But then he also disinforms, basically lies to people because he knows I was a lot more than an administrative assistant. You know, and, and in fact, actually, and like I said, I, I I don't, you know, I, you, we should never look down on administrative assistants. I've got two of the best I could ever have. You know, with Kathy and Allison in my office. Um, you know, they, they're just you know they're just amazing. Um, you know, but so he, he's he, like it's it's just very you know that's just Hodgson being Hodgson. You know, kind of just you know, minimizing stuff. But, you know, the work evaluations that I have in the letter of appreciation are up on my website for everybody to see. And, and he also says, you know, it doesn't even mention that I worked as director of research in the Mass Department of Correction. You know, <laughs> so, you know, I was a mid-level manager. I was an M7. I had a staff of 13 or 14, depending on what when it was, because sometimes it was 13, sometimes 14. Um, but we produced... Uh, recidivism reports we produced the admissions and release reports um we, you know it was you know we looked at you know where people are going back you know anything that, that um anytime we got a request from the executive office of public safety or the governor's office they would say hey you know can you give us this information so we were also kind of the information center of the um, prisons so you know, it, um, that's in administration. So I was an administrator. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't. I never ran a jail or a prison. But uh, you've but seen the operate. You've seen. You've seen the operation side of things too. Just oh, not yeah. an, an administrator position. Yeah, but it, it oper- encompasses everything, so to speak. Yeah, especially in Philadelphia, where I was part of the Core Star team. Um, you know, which Core Star is kind of like Comstat. It's the, you know sort of the information center of the uh, organization. And, you know, that we worked on everything, 
use of force, uh, open wards. Uh, you know, we've looked at, you know, like who's coming and who's going and, you know, what their length of stay is and, you know, what's going on with those trends, you know, overcrowding and where inmates are going. So we look, we looked at everything, you know, we were involved, heavily involved with the analysis of operations. Um, you know, so it's just, like I said, I, I think it's hilarious. I mean, it's just, it's such a stupid campaign strategy for Hodgson to be attacking my strengths. I mean, that's just, that, that's he, he, whoever he's taking advice from is just ridiculous, you know, because I, I have more management experience than he had when he was appointed to be sheriff. I have more corrections experience than he had. You know, um, it was just I had a higher level of elected experience. He was a city councilor. I'm a mayor and I was previously a state representative. Mm-hmm. So like sure. across the board on day one. I arrived with more experience than he arrived. He was a cop for six years, but kind of run out of Maryland because of, you know, some controversies. You know, he couldn't even stay, remain, you know, working in the police department. You know, so, I mean, people should look that up. I mean, it was, you know, he has, like, he's got a really embarrassing background. So, um, you know, but like I said, he, you know, he's, you know, he, he criticizes or tries to minimize what I do when it's actually more than what he had when he started on the job. Mm-hmm. And and talk about the like the mentality between like uh, like your opponent is you know very law he law enforcement uh, he's got all the endorsements from law enforcement uh, you know tough on crime as as the mentality you're trying to do is. Um, change that mentality instead of tough on crime but uh um just you know while while they're in 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 your care um it would not be tough on crime but just uh give them opportunities right no 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 no, so now that's so hodgson doesn't own tough on crime okay we can hold uh prisoners accountable for their actions but hodgson is the only one saying that he actually is tough on crime, him and his supporters. But let's just look at that. What does that actually mean? He's going to make life miserable for people? How does that help with rehabilitation? And so I'm not talking about running a country club. I'm talking about people holding these uh, individuals accountable and really getting challenging them on what they have done and making sure that they come to terms with the damage they've done in society or sometimes to themselves that landed them in, in jail. Um, but this, you know... What evidence is there that his approach is keeping people safe? There is no evidence. He just says, I'm keeping you safe. Okay, prove it. Well, I can't. You know, there is no evidence that he is keeping people safe. There is no evidence that his approach actually reduces reoffending. In fact, the research would argue that his approach actually makes people worse off. And the fact that we have the highest rate of suicide in the state is that evidence of that? The fact that he has so many lawsuits that he loses, you know, that could have been avoided if he, you know, would just admit he's wrong once in a while, you know, then, you know, that his approach is extremely costly and it's the ultimate political speak. I'm tough on crime and I'm keeping you safe and, you know, no, nobody's, there's no evidence of that. He's a politician. He's just saying that stuff because he's impressed with himself and his supporters are impressed. But I wish his supporters would take a good look at what evidence actually exists. 
you know, I'm talking some third-party verifier, you know, like some uh, peer-reviewed stuff. I'm not talking about just an endorsement. That's political. I'm talking about a real evaluation of whether or not he's keeping people safe because the, the evidence just doesn't exist. You know, it's just all political speak. Mayor, uh, Mayor Hero, uh, we have about two and a half minutes remaining here in time. Um, if there's anything that Richard didn't mention or I didn't ask, any kind of summarization that you'd like to make, now would be the time to do it. No, it's fine. I appreciate it. So, Tom, first of all, thanks for... Um for having me on and richard you know you i know you're a republican and you're a hodgson supporter and a trump supporter and you well know, not I, a trump I, supporter i never voted for trump i was oh, never okay. yeah oh i i thought i'd seen you come to his defense on facebook but i just um i, I want to compliment you though richard though because um you're certainly a gentleman like you know you and i can go ahead and, and disagree about things and you know you've always been you know, somebody who's greeted me with a smile and you are a gentleman. So, you know, I really appreciate that. And, uh, and Tom, you know, you, you've had me on your program for a number of years and, you know, I always appreciate how cordial you've been with me and you've been a supporter. And so, so I certainly appreciate that. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I appreciate yeah. the same. Yeah. I appreciate this. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Your comments too. Yeah. You're a great, great guy, yeah. Paul. Oh, and I wish I, you I, all the best too. Yeah. Thank you. And I will give you guys a little preview, um, of something. So two weeks ago, we did a press release, and um, you know we identified that Tom Hodgson wore a Confederate flag tie. He denies that it was a Confederate flag tie, which is absurd. But then, when I was on WBSM uh, that week, it was um, you know he um, you know uh, Chris McCarthy and Jessica Machado came to his defense, saying, "Can you prove that's a Confederate flag tie?" You know, you, there's no proof of that. And so, well, guess what? We have the website. It can be purchased on. It's the exact same tie, and it's advertised as Confederate. And so he has some explaining to do about that. You know, people can look it up real easy on online. And But, you know, he definitely has some explaining to do. But yeah, we, we are, you know, proving that it's a Confederate flag tie. So okay. You, we heard sure. it here first in your program. All right. Okay. All Breaking right. news. Okay. <laughs> Well, Paul, thank you so much for being with us this morning. I'm sure these discussions and the points that you are making uh, will continue over the next month or so. And we, uh, I know that I hope to watch the debate on Channel 10. I'll also listen on WBSM. Do you know when that will be yet? Well, the Channel 10 debate hasn't been scheduled yet. We do have one on Channel 12, and... That's going to be recorded on a Friday morning, I think the 28th or so, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. And then, um, you know, the WBSM debate, I believe, is on Wednesday. I think that's the 19th at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. That will be live on the air. Uh, but, yeah, we're still waiting. I'm still hoping that Channel 10 will come through. And you know, I gave them a long list of uh, mm-hmm. possibilities of when I could. And I put those on Twitter. I put those on Facebook. And, you know, my, like I said, my opponent, he continues to spread disinformation, um, you know, by saying mm-hmm. what he does. But, you know, that's just, that's just the way he is, unfortunate. Right. Have you heard back at all? Um, I've, I've uh, been sending more messages to my friend Kevin Tachi over at uh, WATD in Marshfield. Have you heard back from him at all? No, I don't know if I have. I mean, I've, okay. I get so many messages every day I might have. And just, you know, I, I've okay. never received emails. I get about 200 work emails a day, mm-hmm. sometimes 
sometimes okay. 300. And then I like during campaign season, I'd probably get another 100 to 150. And, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, nine o'clock to about 11 o'clock at night is me just doing a ton of emails, both work emails and, mm-hmm. um, you know, because even, even during the day, the emails just pour in at work and I've got meetings all day. And, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. I've never been so busy in my life. I'm sure. But you love it, right, Paul? You love what you do, and uh, we appreciate all the great work that you're doing and the progress, obviously, that the Attleboro City is doing. And, you know, I'm not shy by saying that I support you for sheriff, and I think that if you get in there, a lot of improvements will happen. Well, thanks, Tom. Um, and are you going to be on Paul's show? Uh, will that be a week from Monday? Because we always love hearing you on the uh, the uh, pontificating experience. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> I was on Paul's program earlier this week on Monday, and I think we set something up from kind of late October, mid to mm-hmm. late October. Okay. I have to look at my calendar. All right. Hey, have a great day. Enjoy the, uh, the autumn sunshine, and we'll talk again, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Thank All you. Right. Okay, Richard, thank you so much for... Hey, it's been a pleasure, Tom. Yeah, seven minutes before mine. There's much more we can talk about with other races. Mm-hmm. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Yeah, let's okay. do it again. All yeah. right, uh, we got to take a break. Mr. Kane is in the house, and uh, we'll wrap this up in just a few minutes.